This is the G Podcast with your host, Tommy B. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome back. It is episode 25 of the G Podcast. I'm Tommy B, and every week we talk opinion, culture, current events, news, politics, you name it. I'm on the line or on the podcast, as always, with uh, my partner in crime, the one, the only digital guru, Tanya B is in the building. Tanya, how you doing? Oh, I'm fine. I got... Got some hot. I got some news. Oh, okay. Go ahead. This Justin, but go ahead. I'm. A, I'm. I, I think I know, but I'm gonna hold off. <laughs> hey, what's up? Oh, you know. Yeah. Go okay. ahead. No, 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 no. Hold off. I think I. Okay. I know where you're going. I know where you're going. Okay. We, we, we we tape every Sunday, and and uh, of course we're taping on a Sunday where, you know, you know where we are. We're in uh, coronavirus uh, universe right now. And, and uh, I'm telling you, you know, Tanya, the worst thing about this happening this time of the year, you, you know what? Yeah. That green stuff yeah. in Atlanta that that's covering the pollen, everything. All that yellow stuff. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the, you know, the pixie dust. The pixie, yeah, I call dust. It pixie dust. Yeah. And, and it's yes, yes. everywhere. I mean, you know, I got a car, you know, I haven't moved in a couple of days and I'm going to have to probably get a shovel like snow. And, and, and knock it off my car, man. It's, it's just, you know, for a lot of, uh, you know, I'm an allergy sufferer. Okay. Me so, too. so Big have you time. seen, you seen that, that Lou Rawls clip where, where he's, <laughs> he's I think I sent it to you, but that's how I feel. I tried to go outside and walk because, you know, I need to move around and yeah. we all do not be sedentary. I tried it after 20 minutes. Yeah. I was done I and mean. I could write a book on the pollen in my car. And here's the gag. You've got to, you've got to wash your own car because the car washes are yeah. non-essential and they're closed. And it's just crazy. I'm like Lou trying to hold that cough. I'm like, oh, damn, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never find it. <laughs> right. uh, no, you won't. No, you won't. <laughs> I'm hey, trying to find it. My, my brother from another mother, we're going to, we're going to address him in a, uh, at the end of the show. But um, yeah. if he's listening, I want to shout him out. But, but first and foremost, um, we, we broke format. This week, uh, we moved everything around for we and we only do. We've only done this for the Grand Diva. Um, yeah, but for, it, it's worth. She's worth it. <laughs> she's worth it. On over. The, you you're still on the West Coast, uh, Grand Diva? Yes, I am. Yes, she is. Yes, I am. Yes, she is. And and um, I'm telling y'all, I started. I started in the um, in the music business back in '84. So when you know when when her her uh, publicist uh, Raina gave me a call. And we we were talking. I mean, it was like no delay. I'm like climax. I mean, that, that's like part of my part of my DNA. And um, just a huge fan, and uh, always loved the music. And and um, you know, and and uh, can I call you? Wait, should I call you Miss Cooper or Bernadette? Because you're a diva. So. Give her her respect. Because I'm calling her Miss <laughs> Cooper until I am told otherwise. I got it. You know, <laughs> whatever you. Go ahead. Whatever you prefer. Yeah, because you know it's it's women. It's not International Women's Month, so I'm I'm treading lightly. I'm I'm you know being a good guy, trying to do it the right way. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, I, I do want to just just bring to the stage and just say hello and thank you for being on the G podcast to the one and only Bernadette Cooper. Thank you so much. I'm gonna give you your applause. Thank you for yeah. having me. Oh, Hi, it's, Tanya. It's a, it's hey, a pleasure. Hey, diva, 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 diva. <laughs> we're going to talk about Thank the... Yeah, no no problem at all. We're going to talk about the uh, new project, um, How to Survive uh, a Midlife Crisis, which I, I need to listen to closely. And um, yeah. the single uh, Generational, which I love. I'm a club DJ, so 
you know, when I heard the groove, I said, oh, man, this is this is progressive. This is what we need to kind of change things up. So, uh, you know, first of all, Miss um, Cooper, because I'm, I'm going to call you Miss Cooper. OK, because, um, inter- okay. you know, because she's a diva. I'm, you know, I'm just going in that direction. I, I want to play a couple okay. of hits of your hits. OK. And, and what I'd okay. like for you to do, if you can, you should be able to hear this clearly, kind of give what comes to mind, you know, because your hits are like your children. Right. So when, when you hear these songs, what do you think of? I remember getting the track. I remember getting the track from Joyce Irby. We were in the studio and I was uh, on the floor. We, we, we actually were almost living in the studio working on that album. And I was on the floor with a four-track recorder, and she brought the song into me, the track into me, and I, I, I put it into my machine, and I and I wrote the lyrics like in an hour. And I will tell you, I was a club jock, and every club jock in America, that intro was like we could we we take that intro for like fifteen minutes. I mean, the minute I pause <laughs> on the dance floor, that, that was our fifteen-minute song. We could just roll it, remix it, loop it. So, thank you for doing that song. Here's here's the next one. All right, what comes to mind? Um, Lil Silas. Lil Silas called me on the phone. He said, I need you in the studio right away. I need you to do the intro. This was actually the remix of the song. So he had me come in. He said, just get on the microphone. I got on the microphone and I just started talking the stuff I usually talk every day. And that's how we got the intro of that particular song. Amazing. Let me let me say this to you. I remember how MCA Records was just a hit machine. And one of the reasons it was the name you mentioned, Lil Silas. And and Tanya and I were talking about how like Lil remixed Guy, um, all the big records. I think he touched just about every big record at MCA during that time. What was it like working with him? Was he as as much of a genius as they say? He had incredible foresight and um, he was he he was the kind of guy who would allow the artist to come in and just be themselves. He didn't really dictate, but he definitely had his finger on the pulse of a lot of our remixes. Mm-hmm. And he would, you know, he, he knew that um, he loved my personality. So he would have me come in and just play around. I did a couple other remixes for him as well, but he was an incredible guy. All right. Here's the next one. I remember going into the studio and uh, we actually all played on that. A lot of times, you know, they would bring in studio musicians, especially for me, because I hated playing drums um, in the studio because it's so, everything had to be so precise and it was just too much. I didn't want to deal with it. But on this particular song, I actually said, you know, I want to play this. So I remember going on the drums and um, playing this particular track and everybody in the studio, we were really a one at that particular time, it, it was a great. It's a great song. Hey, let me let me ask you about the video. Was it was it the folks in the the official video? Were they really folks you knew, or were they actors when they came in? And no, like, they were. Fam- go ahead. They were family members. Wow, family members and yeah, that's my brother who's standing behind me, and everybody brought in their families and friends. It was a it's a really special record for that for that reason. Awesome, awesome. All right, here next. Here's next. Yes, you again, my darling, 
Joyce Irby came up with this particular track. She found um, this an old baby face track that she found. And she said, I have this track. I want to bring in Howard Hewitt on it. And um, she went and did that. And they, they came up with a great song. Um, that particular song was for a movie. The name of the movie was Running Scared. The name of that movie. Running Scared. But yes, and Rod Temperton, mm-hmm. Rod Temperton called us in. He auditioned the girls. Actually, he auditioned Joyce and he auditioned uh, Joyce Irby to sing lead vocals for it. And he chose Lorena. And that was for a movie, and we did the video on that, right? Yep, yep. And Rod Temperton yeah. was was a genius. And if if you guys aren't in the business, Michael Jackson, man, was it P? Well, how many songs, Tanya B? Uh, yeah, he, he did he did most of Thriller. So um, I think he did. I think he did Thriller. Yep, yep, yep. He did, I, yeah, he, he was incredible. I want to ask you about this one too. <laughs> That wasn't that wasn't climax, but you had your hand in that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's after I after I left climax, I and I started pursuing my product my produ- myself as a producer. Uh Sylvia Rohn got I got wind of the fact that um I wanted to create an all girl um a three girl group. And she called me up, we met, I gave her the concept and the idea I had of the group and she just gave me a deal just based on the concept. I went and put the girls together, and this was um, their first hit, Madam X. And I'm, I'm yeah. here to I'm here to tell you, um, you know, I'm 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 fanboying out over here because a lot of the the stories behind the songs I, I had no clue. So Tanya B, um, I, I know you know we we were talking about. Um, what was the time when you were serious? <laughs> and and uh... oh, okay, okay, you know, and it's funny. I I will say this. I gr- I grew up in the business, and there's not much I haven't seen. Heard a lot of things I probably shouldn't have heard. But when he uh-huh. first told me Bernadette Cooper's coming on the show, I'm like, yeah, right, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> I got a bridge in Brooklyn, but anyway. Right. Um, what I said I was sharing with um, Tommy B that um, you know I'm you know I'm a TV head and you know I was one of those kids that whose father made her read liner liner notes before they disappeared. But I'm watching mm-hmm. VH1. Where are they now? And I think it was it happened maybe just before nine eleven. And I see you, and I'm going to take everybody back. And if you don't know about this, you better go ask somebody or go back to Museum sixty eight in Jersey City. Oh my God! Yeah. Yes, okay, I, um, I I saw that. I called. I I looked it up. I called. I left a few messages. I said maybe she's not calling me back because she thinks this is a <laughs> crank phone call. And uh-huh. at that point, and then nine eleven came along and everything changed. But at, up to that point, my goal was to get you a radio show on Sirius XM, and this was back in two thousand one, and I never forgot. Wow! That. Wow! I wish I would have known. <laughs> you know, I I, um, I I went to my publishing company. I asked my publishing company to, you know, they gave me money. And I went to New York to write because I needed to kind of clear my head and get a new vibe. And I went to New York and I ended up staying. And then once I stayed, I said, you know, I don't want to stay right in New York City. Somebody hooked me up and told me how Jersey City had more of a life. You know, they had grass and they had trees and all of that. <laughs> so I went over to Jersey City and I um, 
I ended up staying. I got this building, which was a which was a an old Art Deco. It was a brownstone. It was two yes. levels. And I lived on top, and I opened up the store on the bottom. Just because, for whatever reason, it became very popular. Absolutely. And like, do you have to come here by appointment only? And, and ironically, I started taking the path over to Jersey City and going to get my hair braided over there. I'm like, I'm going to go find this dog on Museum 68. She might think I'm a stalker. <laughs> Again. Where did you come? Uh, I did. I mean, I ended up, I got lost. I went to parts of Jersey City. It probably, you know, my back then we didn't have GPS and waves and all that, and all that other whatnot, whatnot. Right. But um, I got lost. I ended up in the um, the 305 oh, part okay. of Jersey City, which now is different. But yeah, I mean, I right. was on a quest <laughs> to find yes, Miss Cooper. Yes, that, was, that was fun times. I, I love that store. I had to sell it because I came back to to um, hang out with my mom and deal with my mom, but I right. love that store. You know what? The, hey, the economy's about to, well, it's going to take a dive and change. So, I, you know, and I guess, and people probably didn't realize, and I started looking at, you know, just, you know, the, your stage gear and things like that. I said, now I see where it comes from, you know, because, I mean, even with this John Legend, I'm uh, John Legend, he wishes, John Lennon um, mm-hmm. Imagine t-shirt, that is a collector's item. I know that. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I, and I never had any kind of retail experience. I just kind of like, you know what? I'm going to turn this into a store. It wasn't like a, a desire that I had for a long time, but I just thought it would be cool as a store. And I started collecting and um, driving around, going to Toronto, Canada a lot and purchasing a lot of um, vintage clothing. And I opened up the store. Museum 68, part two, the remix coming to a brownstone yes. near you, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> yes. One day soon. Please. And you know, one thing I wanted to say, and I know again, you know, I, I always, I've got to do my homework. I think the worst thing you can do to any artist is to so pseudo interview them and not know the history and not know the story and just, you know, peel back a few more layers than what people can, you know, read, you know, in the first paragraph of Wikipedia. And, you know, and, and mm-hmm. doing some research, Miss Cooper, I see, you know, back in the 60s and 70s, you had, you know, the Innocence and then you had the Runaways and then you had the Go-Go's. But I was hard pressed to find, aside from Climax, any other, you know, black, female, multiracial, self-contained you know, unit. So, you know, aside from just the vision that you had, how did that come about? Because it seemed like there wasn't a whole lot, maybe Joyce Kennedy, you know, that you could have really uh I guess drawn from to 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 get this vision of of climax, you know, to come to fruition. How did you give birth to that baby? You, you know, as I look back on it, um, Tanya, I, I kind of think it was just meant to be because I, I, as a you know, I was a kid. I was seventeen years old, sixteen, seventeen years old, just coming out of high school. I actually had my own apartment, and I just had this vision of um, starting a girl band. I kind of looked around. I said, hey, there's no girl band. So back in those days, you know, we didn't have the internet. We had the yellow pages. Remember the yellow pages? The white oh, pages? yeah. What was that? <laughs> yeah. So, I, started, I started scrolling through the yellow pages and I started calling record companies and telling them about this idea that I had. And one company said, hey, we want to talk to you about it. So that was the beginning of, you know, knowing that there was definitely an interest in that, um, having an all-girl band. And then I started rehearsing girls, just kind of, you know, out of the paper, getting names and p- girls who played instruments. And it took a while, but it, I finally came up with the crew that is known as Climax today. And I think it was just 
are meant to be. When I look back, I had no idea how I was able to pave this road, but it just happened. I think that's dope. You know, again, I shouldn't say no ban. And, you know, again, in thinking, I remember um, with me and my fake ID back in the, in the early seventies. Um, <laughs> oh, no. I remember, um, this sister there was a group ecstasy, passion and pain. You had Barbara Roy, who was a female guitar player, you know, and you know, oh. I, and I know, you know, that, uh, you know, you had big, not big mama Thornton sister was at the Tharp, you know, prior to that. And then she mm-hmm. had the first female drummer I ever saw. And I just know there was a woman, her name was cookie and her drum set fell apart and girlfriend got up with one hand, put the drums back together while she played with the other one. And up until I saw Tracy Wormworth in the eighties and then, you know, Terry Lynn Carrington, those types of musicians were really very rare. Yes. You know, there's a lot of, there's been a lot of female musicians. We just haven't had the opportunity such as today. There's a lot of female producers, but we don't get the opportunities. You know, we kind of yeah. like, um, not looked upon as serious or we're, um, you know, I, I've been kind of checking up and running across, um, some different girls that are doing things. You have a couple, but there's a lot out there and it's just all about opportunity. And without Dick Griffey, uh, solo records, I probably wow. wouldn't be a producer. I probably would not have been an entertainer or a writer because he, um, being a wonderful, kind, um, gentleman, he is the one who made me produce. You know, I always, he gave me, wow. a, I took a song to him. I took a song to him and I go, hey, maybe we can get Jimmy and Terry to produce it. He goes, no, you're going to do it. I said, I don't want to be a producer. I don't want to be a producer. And he goes, nope, you're going to do it. And that's how I developed my love for the, for um, being a, product, a producer. And like you said, a lot of women are behind the scenes. And, you know, you even yeah. go back to some of the early um, Motown, you know, fee. they had a few female writers, producers. And then, you know, honestly, you look at the sound of Philadelphia. I'm watching a documentary, which I love and I have time to do now. And there's a songwriter whose name, a ranger whose name is Vinnie Barrett, V-I-N-N-I-E. And up until three days ago, I thought Vinnie Barrett was a man. And she is a woman who looks just like you and I. But when you heard about all of those songwriters that came out of Philly International and Gambling Huff, did you ever hear Uh about Vinnie Barrett? Nope, never. Never. And she probably was behind a lot of things. Uh, Some things she probably got credit for. Some things she probably didn't. You know, that, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's it's good. It's a teachable moment, you know, because, there, again, so many things that go on behind the scenes. And you know, I'm sure you could probably write a book just what you saw behind the scenes or, you know, what was on the cutting room floor type of things. And, you know, I guess I would say now, you know, like you said, some there are some of the girls out there that are doing some things and they you know and they're, they're doing things, you know, again, very, very quietly still. Um, one of yeah. them being um, Betty Wright, who I say is a quiet giant. She's down in there in Miami, and she is dipping it and doing it. You know, but yeah, I guess a long time. Yes, um, I guess you know what would for for I say you know the girls, the females, whether you want to be an engineer, you want to be a producer, you want to be a songwriter, you want to get into publishing. You know, just based on your experiences and maybe even some cautionary tales, if you could you know pick a few people, say, what's the best advice you could give people? You know, besides you know get an attorney. Um, is there one experience that is maybe a woulda, shoulda, coulda, or I wish I had known just a little bit more about this, that, and the other third? You know, everything is a learning process, and it's really a perseverance. I, I, this, the music industry has changed so much that it's hard to give advice because we used to have a formula. Now we don't. 
Now we don't so, have a formula. You know, it's kind of like I don't even want to say, "Hey, keep going, keep going," because it's it's so complicated and difficult. I'm still trying to figure it out myself. You know, and I'm constantly up. Actually, up in the mornings, I'm reading. I'm really learning the marketing. Um, I'm really into marketing right now in this new age and generation of uh, social media. It's very important to um, to know that in order to get your product out there because there are very few. And we're actually, uh, record companies are depending on social media. So if anything, um, learn your social media, pers- persevere, and if it's meant for you, it will happen. But don't let anyone tell you don't do it. And not to follow your passion. That's it. I know Confucius said, if you follow your passion, you never work a day in your life. And that is so true. Oh, and whatever you do, just be remarkable at doing it. Because exactly. that is what, what helps you feel good about yourself later on in life. When you kind of have follow your own path. And if anyone else doesn't love it, as long as you follow your passion, you're remarkable. And you haven't let anybody stop you from achieving your goal. You'll feel good about yourself. And it's all about that happiness, right? Absolutely. You know, and you sound like you sound like something I heard Solange Knowles say, you know, she is not her sister. She marches to the beat of her own drummer and she's doing her thing. And th- yes. that's, I think, you know, one of those proof is in the pudding thing. She, you know, like you said, there is no mold. There is no formula. She just did her own thing at her own speed. Yes. And, you know, the worst thing you can do is be a follower and try to, and that's even with the project that I just put out, how to survive a midlife crisis. You know, I really had a long talk with myself before doing it. And I, and I kind of put it out under different um, pretenses. I didn't put it out to try to get 99 cents a record. You know, I put it out because there was a message and a legacy that I wanted to withhold, you know? Oh, and I think Uh-oh. a lot of artists, um, right? <laughs> a lot of artists who know them that again, this midlife crisis situation, you don't always have to be, you know, a certain age because, you know, a, a, a midlife or a life crisis can come at any time. And, you know, and as I was sitting mm-hmm. listening to this record, um, actually all of it yesterday, the one thing that hit me out of every other lyric, and I don't know why, but you made a reference to old school music. And yeah. I'm like, you know, it was, I yeah. was like, t- testify and you know if nothing else young people can just take take a le- take a lesson from that honestly you know and yeah. you hey, know what? and, and no I was, I was going to jump in tanya and ask a question you grew up in la right miss cooper yes i did and i lived about maybe 10 12 years in new york okay when you were in, in la um the, the period because la had a distinct sound and i remember when it was it was electronic, if anything. I think a lot of the because you guys would you say when when Climax came out, uh, you were part of that whole synth movement in bands um, because yeah. you yeah. know I was a big Prince fan. I mean, I was you know when Dirty Mind album came out, you know you know how it goes. I mean that's like the uh, high oh, school yeah. memory, and um, you know so. Prince was a huge part of my generation. Were you guys influenced by, by, by Prince? Absolutely. Everybody was influenced by Prince, you know, um, you know why? Because Prince represented freedom, you know, Mm -hmm. he had freedom in the way you wanted to wear your hair. If you wanted to put on, if men wanted to put on makeup or you could talk about sex and sexuality, Prince um, represented freedom for a lot of artists. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people got messed up behind, you know, Prince because every, everybody wanted to follow and be Prince, including, you know, a lot of my music and everything was just, I just felt 
um, no expectation because of Prince. I felt freedom because of Prince. And I wanted to represent that in my music. Mm-hmm. And and you, you worked with Maserati um, for a minute. How, mm-hmm. how, was, how was that experience with Maserati, which is a Prince? Great. Band? They were great. You know, they were, you know, you know, I, I appreciate a gentleman and the guys were really kind. And, you know, I've been in situations where guys don't really want to give women their props, but these guys were great to work with. We had a wonderful time doing that project. I wish it would have done better, mm-hmm. but it was good. And, you know, every once in a while, they'll connect with me on um, on my Facebook page or something like that. A lot of my people that I've worked with, we all keep in touch. Excellent. That's all I needed, Tanya B, because okay, I, I just you. remember no. I just remember I just, the West Coast <laughs> having that electronic sound when you had even when Dr. Dre was doing the world mm-hmm. world class wrecking crew stuff. And it was just and, and you'll you'll understand this as a drummer. It was one hundred and thirty beats per minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you had the West yeah. Coast. It was one hundred twenty plus beats per minute. That's that's what I remember yeah. about the West Coast. So I just wanted to throw that in there. Go ahead, Tanya B. I'm sorry. My next question is, is I'm a big Bette Midler fan, of course, and I remember Diva Las Vegas, and now I'm going back yeah. to I Look Good, and I and the people who don't know, again, Teachable Moment, that's Bernadette Cooper song, y'all. How did that whole thing come together? Because she, I mean, I would assume that, you know, people can say, oh, I want to use your song, I want to cover it, and sometimes they jack it up. But I think she did you some justice. How you know what, how did that concept come to be, and you know how did you feel about it once you you saw Diva Las Vegas? I thought it was awesome. It, it, it was oh, it was great. I got I got a phone call from Tony Basil Basil. She's a choreographer. She did a lot of you know if you kind of look her up uh, the lockers and Mickey and yeah. oh yeah. yeah she's a beast yeah. she's a beast yeah. But she she works with um. Bette Midler. She does her touring. Uh, and she called me up. She says, hey, Bette wants to use one of your... I was in the studio. Bette wants to use I Look Good in a show. I go, sure. Okay. You know? And I really didn't give it much thought. You know, I was like, well, I did, but you know, it was kind of like I was moving forward and doing what I was doing. Then I got a call. Um, Bette Midler wants to... Um, I did, you know, they did all the... I hooked her up with my attorney and they did all the paperwork. And um, Bette Midler called and hooked, invited me to her show. And that's when it became real for me, when I was sitting out in the audience and she opened up her show. She continues to open a show with I Look Up. Yes. Wow. It was great. Oh yeah. And I, I believe um, Diva Las Vegas was one of the first, uh, I guess, HBO shows to really to, to win any kind of award, which I think, you know, was also groundbreaking as well. And I just yes, think, you well, know. I- she could have, you know, taken a lot of songs, but I thought it was really cool that she reached, you know, she'd reach back and, you know, give a sister some love and just you know, keep it female. And listen, it was great. And, and being in that arena on that level, you know, and, um, you know, a lot of my music that I write, you know, I always write for big theaters and I always think of things that I, I always envision, you know, great things happening with the song. And for her to take that particular song and, she redid the words to fit her character. I thought it was great. I had no problem with her changing some of the things and we discussed the um, arrangement of it. And I just, I, you know, she was like, do you want to come in? And I said, no, I mean, you do you, you know, arrange it the way you want. I love to hear it on another level. And she definitely took it there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the first time I ever heard Bette Midler rap also. <laughs> but that's another Bette rapping. And the show um, that she does with that is very similar yes. to my 
to you know, the way that I, I kind of performed it because, you know, it's all theatrical and I love theatrics. Absolutely. You know, and then also, I guess, at some point, you know, how they say everything old is new again, but I, I don't like to call it old. I call it seasoned because, you know, it's been mm-hmm. aged and cured and, and, and whatnot. And then you fast forward to 2014, even then fast forward to 2019, and you've got these millennials and these Gen Xers um, on Saturday Night Live with Emma Stone and Leslie Jones oh, on the uh-huh. Lorena Long's wig. And then um, Cicely yeah. Strong was the one that had. Um, the, your the haircut. I think you're the one of the first one I ever saw that had a bi level haircut. By the way, and she yeah. had that, and that was, her, and they kind of you know kind of bit off the video. But I mean, again, if you're sitting at home one night just watching this show because nothing else is on, you know, and here you find you know these young people you know paying homage to you. Did you even know that was happening? You know what? Wait, do you know about the other one that Halle Berry did? Yeah. So yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what? Let me tell you about these two different instances with um, with with uh, um, Saturday Night Live. The one with Halle Berry came right after VH1 contacted us. Was it VH1 contacted us about getting together? Or was that the other show? one of the shows contacted Climax about getting together back together again? And they they came up to my my uh, in, uh, museum sixty eight. They surprised me. Camera was in my face. And uh, we ended up getting together and rehearsing. And right in the midst of rehearsing for the show, one of the girls says, hey, calls down to my hotel room. Saturday Night, is on, uh, Night Live is on and Halle Berry is, you know, been doing you. So that was the first time. And this time I just didn't, I didn't even know. I was, I am a fan of Saturday Night Live and I was watching it. And then I saw the show. And then the next day, Emma Stone sent me an email and said that she was trying to do her best to do me justice and, you know, that she really loved the group. There's wonderful stories behind everything, good and bad and crazy, you know, and I have them all. Wait, you and know, that's why, when we going to get this book, I want to ask a question, the Tanya Tales B. Tales of the Grand Diva. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I want to <laughs> ask, that's the question I want to ask because, you know, as a band, especially as a female band, did y'all have male groupies like, Following y'all like the like the like the male bands the groupie the groupie side. Oh, mg! Absolutely, <laughs> I've been proposed to backstage about two or three times. I was See? just speaking to Lorena. I said, "Remember that guy who came? He kept sending me um, letters because back in those days we didn't have email or anything." I said, "This guy is like really serious." He says, "I'm coming to your show. I think it was in Indiana, and blah blah." Next thing I know, hey, there's a guy backstage. And I was like, okay. So security went with me and he proposed. Yeah, he did with the ring and all. The ring was nice too. I didn't accept. See, I I, 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 I see it. See, I told you, Tanya B. There's many more. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Um, You know, and another thing that, you know, people, you know, everybody knows men all parts. Everybody knows all the songs that that Tommy went down. But I remember, and my memory is very long, um, seeing Climax on Soul Train Mm -hmm. performing Never Underestimate the Power of a Woman. And that was way before female empowerment became, you know, the catchphrase and the catchword. And, you know, again, did you even know you were leading that charge at that time? You know, gosh, let me, let me kind of, if I can get back there. Um, 
No, I didn't really. I really didn't know that. I think it comes from loving yourself and being very secure. And I think that's the kind of music that I was projecting because I didn't feel beat down. I wasn't abused, you know, um, by, by anyone. I wasn't, you know, so the music that I projected was all, has always been self-love and independence. For when, you know, and when I write things that says I in it, the word I, when you sing it, you, you feel like you're singing about yourself. And so that, that, that empowerment movement started to develop by the lyrics that I think I wrote. Oh, and you know, and going back to what you were saying, right? You know, now being an independent, a lot of artists who are major label artists now are, you know, in the independent um, realm now. Just not these, you know, these new children. I say that are coming up. Some will last, and some won't. You know, you talked about the whole thing about um, you know social media and marketing, and and really knowing, you know, I guess the new business model, if you will, if you want to call it a model. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. and just, you know, in looking at what you're doing and, you know, with what's happening now with artists, you know, income being drastically curtailed with, you know, this Corona thing and pro- people can't perform, um, you know, will you or have you or you probably are, I would say, you know, embracing the Internet, the digital platform, you know, to get out there. You've got, you know, Erica Badu and a lot of people doing concerts, you know, on the Internet. Um, if, you know, you would you even entertain that, you know, just again, as a way to, you know, to reach your fans and, you know, it may not pay what a concert pays, but, you know, still being able to monetize and, you know, put the brand back out there correctly. We won't go into that, but, you know, just to do that and let people know, you know, you're still dipping oh. and doing it. Oh, oh, absolutely. I've been in tour. I took last year off cause I, I was working on this project, but before that, for the last one, 10 years, you know, there's a couple of different versions of Climax out there. But, but you told me um, the real one. Let's call a thing a thing. The real, <laughs> the real one. Well, you know, when my show is completely, it's definitely different. But, um, yeah, I would do it. I, I think, you know what, the wonderful thing about it was, um, is that I decided last year, I said, you know what, I'm going to put this, I want to do this last um, Climax project, um, and I want to bring in Lorena Longs. And, um, because Louini and I started off together. I mean, we, you know, the, the group in the beginning, we were struggling. We were, um, you know, putting our money together, paying for rehearsals. But Louina and I always had a special connection with each other. We, we only had maybe two or three arguments, you know, in our entire lifespan uh, as um, Climax. And um, I wanted to go back and get her the sound of, of Climax and, and get her um, a part of this project. But going back to what she was saying, the fact that I took that year off and I put together this amazing project is allowing me right now during this time is pretty much I'm giving away the uh, the project right now. If you can go on my Facebook, you can get the music free, you know, because I, I just don't feel right about 99 cents sending people who are trying to buy, you know, toilet paper and keeping their family together during this time. So I'm hoping that the music that I put out and the music that we put out will reach people. And it's more, it's like a concert because you got volume one that I just put out. Volume two is coming in May. And then the following volume is coming in in July. So that's my way of entertaining people until we can get back on our feet. Okay. Everybody go to, uh, I think, what is it? Bernadette Cooper official. I know I'm following you on Instagram now, Ms. Cooper. Uh, We want to get that, 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 Ms. Cooper and Lorena lungs, because now you can even do it if you're not in the same city or you're not together. There are, you know, 
uh, means for that yeah. now. I vote for that, Climax that, Unplugged. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'll do that in a heartbeat. Meanwhile, you can get the, the music, um, download the music, uh, just go to Climax featuring Bernadette Cooper, like the page, and you can download the music for free. And it's like a party. It's like a concert. It's a great project. Yes. And I would say all, you know, even though clubs are basically shut down now, DJs are still working. Um, D-Nice did a quarantine party on uh, Instagram last night, and just today he's on CNN. So all DJs, oh, okay. the generational, um, that, um, the last cut, that the club mix? Oh, yes. I feel it. It's so no joke. DJ, DJ alert, DJ alert. You know, I didn't what, tell you. I, I pulled I, I pulled back a little bit because um, you know, it's it's on its way to the streaming markets and everything's been delayed because of this whole corona thing. But definitely it is a DJ's heaven. Isn't that song? I put the I put the album back, Tanya, because the the the, the um the, the company called me, they said we have a track on one of our DJs did a remix. Retro Tech did a remix and we want you to hear it. And as soon as I heard it, I said, okay, let me pull everything back for a second. I want to add it. And I added it for the club people. All right, club people. And now, you know, and now people, as long as you have, you know, nine people, you can have a house party. Back in the day, you know, I, I remember house oh. parties. <laughs> you know, take, a temperature, take everybody's temperature at the door and keep it popping. <laughs> hey, how, okay, how are take you? off your shoes. Come in and go low and spread it wide. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do exactly. want to ask how how are you dealing with um with the the corona situation you know personally out, out in LA My dog is snoring in the background if you hear some noise no, that's cool. I'm doing good because I'm I'm kind of an introvert anyway mm-hmm. you know so and everything that I love is kind of in my in my home you know I have my studio here I have my you know my clothes you know my mom is downstairs I got her here with me I got my dog I'm straight, you know, and I I do go out every once in, like, I, I went out a couple times with my mask and my gloves and my hat and my glasses and my boots and my thigh-high boots, and I've gone to the, um you know, the market, and we have enough food here, so I'm going to, we're going to, we're going to wait this out. I think it's going to disappear just as fast as it came in. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for that, um, but I'm doing okay. I'm just, um I'm actually just, um, I'm mixing as we speak. Hey, one, one more question on the mixing side too. You, um, okay. I was checking out your Instagram. Was, was that Marcus Miller in the studio? Was he, or was that an older pick? Is he working with you on this pro on, the, on one of the volumes? You mean Jerry Brown? No, I thought I saw Marcus Miller. Yeah. I think I saw Jerry Brown too. Yeah. A couple of, couple of, you know, the producers from, from, you know, of course the famous like, like producers. Like Ollie and Jerry Brown. Yeah. Um, no, this is Jerry the Gov Brown. He, if you um, he's a he's a mixer. He worked on the my um a lot of he worked on the Madame X project. Okay. He worked on the Bernadette Cooper drama, according to Bernadette Cooper. Mm-hmm. He just finished John Legend's. Where well, he's working on John Legend's project. He's working on Eddie Murphy's project as we speak. Wow. And Eddie, Eddie got a thing coming out. And um, a lot of people. His resume is just incredible. He did drop the bomb on me. I just learned that the other night when we were eating. Yeah, he did all. If you look up his resume, it's incredible. But he's um he's um the executive producer of this project that I'm doing. That was him and Raphael Sadiq, right? Yeah, okay, I think so. I that, that was picture. it. That was it. Yeah. Right. right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's um he works a lot with Raphael Sadiq. Excellent. Hey y'all. Um, let's. Hey, 
the, the, the first project, um, generational, I've got a copy mm-hmm. of it and, and shout out to Raina Shaw, uh, for yeah, coordinating, uh, the interview. She sent me the single. Can we play, can we play some of it for our podcast folks? Yes. Are you yeah. Cool whatever you like to. Yeah. Let's play yeah. a little bit, and and um, we're gonna we're gonna come right back. But uh, definitely, this is generation, generational. Um, the, call it the beautiful people master. Is this? Uh, I think this. Oh, called? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. This is called the beautiful people. This, if you listen to the first one, the first generational is a setup, um, telling you to get rid of the, um, the to telling you and talking about the the curse of a generational curse of women disliking women and all the things that your ancestors have put on you that we carry on into our lives. And we must get rid of those negativities in order to move forward. And then you get to generational beautiful people. I'm giving you the lessons on how to do that. Excellent. Let's go ahead and listen to it and we'll come right back. Here we go. Forever. Not alone. Love, love, 
Y'all give it up. That's what I'm talking about. You know, I, I was, as I was sitting there listening, yeah. I'm thinking this mm-hmm. song that needs to be on FX Pose whenever Pose comes back. And then I had this vision of it being on Drag Race. And then I saw Bernadette Cooper as a judge <laughs> on RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, you know what? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send Ru, RuPaul is a good friend of mine. I'm going to send it over to him. In fact, let me write a little note. Good stuff. I'll send it. He'll probably add it, um, RuPaul. Yes. Good stuff. Yeah, I haven't spoken to him in a while because he's been so busy, but I'll send it to his email today after we speak. But you know Uh, what? Let let, let me say this, y'all. When 
you know, Ms. Cooper, um, when you listen, that's subliminal. It's almost when you when you get into the groove and you listen, really listen to what you're saying. And I, you know, I know people get caught up in the groove, but but you were trying to lay some subliminal thoughts and messages. Were were you doing that when when you were doing this track? Because it, it's really motivational. I mean, you know, and 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 the black community in a lot of our communities, you know, suffer from generational curses, and. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of the uh, self-esteem. So, it's you know, I, I applaud you for laying a lot of, the, and, and that's, you need, you need to even print the lyrics out for people, you know, so they can kind you know of follow what? along. Oh, Go ahead. I do have, um, I'll send you a link where the, where the lyrics and the credits are. They, um, uh, I, I'll have that sent over to you so you can kind of see, because there's really some interesting lyrics. Um, yeah, you know what, as I said before, the, um, the first song, Generational, was Lorena singing, which she did a great job. I told her to channel her inner, uh, her her inner Bette Midler and, and all these people and make it very, you know, dramatic. But it's speaking of the um, generational curses that follow us with our parents or our grandparents being abusive or verbally abusive or making you feel not worthy. And what happens in life, if you don't, take the time to fix that, you become a repeat offender. Mm-hmm. And you find yourself because that's a normal way of you being. So that generational, the first song is kind of setting that up to how we have to let go of those negativities in order to move on to the rest of our lives. You know, a lot of us, and I'm speaking of the how to survive a midlife crisis, uh, people were stuck, you know, mm-hmm. because it's all a state of mind. It's, it, it, and it's, as um as uh, Tanya said, you can be, be in a midlife crisis in your thirties. It's just a period of your life when you're being stuck, and you don't know how to move forward. And a lot of it is because of the things that you've heard from the people who are closest to us that made you feel bad about yourself. And then we move over to generational, the beautiful people. It's kind of letting you know you're worthy, and no matter if you're the a window washer, you be the best window washer. We need you. Mm-hmm. to be that window washer. We need you to be the best that you are, and you're not a mistake, you know. So no matter what, let go of the negativity from your mother, your father, or the haters, you know. Let go of anything that is holding you back. Find your peace, your forgiveness, or however you want to deal with it, uh, and move forward in your life. Because we only got, what, a 100 years, kind of pretty much, if you live behind past a hundred. Mm-hmm. That's a phenomenon. It, you know, anytime, you know, leaving before that is, is, is an accident or whatever. But within that time period, you, you need to live your life. Awesome. Incredible. Well, I, I just, uh, I just applaud you for, for, for taking Thank that, you. taking that step. And, and as always the same way you did with climax, I mean, stepping out there and doing something different. Definitely. I mean, we're, we're, you know, we don't always hear the, the positivity uh, and, and the messages we messages we need to hear in music. So I, I definitely applaud you to that with that. And um, Thank you. you know, Tanya B, we've had we've, we've had her here for a minute. Um, you know, Miss Cooper, we you know, and, and I, I got to just say thank you uh, for being on our show. Uh, it's uh, it, it's an honor. Anytime. Uh, you know, we you can come back, you know, just consider yourself a friend of the show. I mean, oh. Am I right, Tanya? What you doing next week? <laughs> 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 you, know what? you know what? You know what? This is this is volume one. Uh-huh. OK, and it's yeah. strategically done. Me and Jerry, Jerry and I 
we kind of, and Lorena, we kind of sat down. It's strategically done. And this is not, this, this project is not meant to, you know, I'm not, you know, I've done radio. I have hit records. I'm not chasing that. You know, I'm chasing, trying to put out something that I feel good about. Mm-hmm. See, we got volume one, how to survive a midlife crisis. How to Survive a Midlife Crisis Volume 2 is coming out. It's a completely different thing, but I think you're going to love it just as much, and I would love to come back and talk about that. Well, you know. And Volume 3, too, please. Yep. Volume 3 volume and 4. Volume 3 is coming out. <laughs> volume 3. I'm trying to get through Volume 2, and then Volume 3 will be out um, probably like in July, towards the end of the year, possibly. And um, it'll be a whole different kind of thing. And then that'll be the end of my climax Um let me, let me, let me, it'll be the end of my climax projects as far as doing a, a project under the banner climax. Now I may tour under that, but under the climax banner, I kind of started it and I'm ending it with this project. Thanks. And then I'm moving on to my audio book. You know, you're a book author. You've got children's books out. And right now with children being at home, can they go anywhere yeah. on the internet and buy your books? <laughs> Well, 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 I'm starting up a children's project. I, I've been writing for a while and I kind of held back everything to do this particular project, but, um, it will probably be out in 2021 because I'm really focusing on this, but it'll be children. It's not just children. It's just really, really great books about, you know, wonderful experiences. And, um, 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 you know, I think everybody's going to like them. You know, I'll let you know when that time comes. Good okay, stuff. please do. And please reconsider, reconsider, you know, Tales of the Grand Diva. <laughs> you know what? I'm, For adults only. I'll write that down. <laughs> I mean, because I'll write serious. that down on my list. You know you have. You know, the Grand Diva Chronicles, yeah. because I know there's a story you know. up in there. <laughs> I want to read. You know what? My, my books are, my books are, are all, they're Grand Diva tales. So... Wow. You know, without it being named Grand Diva Tales, they're Grand Diva Tales. So I think you, I think women, the mothers who, you know, who, who are the breadwinners who are taking their kids to school can oh, slip wow. this into their whatever mode of listening and they'll be able to hear some really good stories with my music attached to it. Good stuff. Yeah. And then we hear, oh, do we hear, you know, how they have tales uh, is a show. It's on BET. But I mean, Again, mm-hmm. like Pete, like the author Zane, you have you know the Zane Chronicles where she's taken you know her books and brought them to the screen. Would you consider that? The, my books all have the potential to be on screen, and you know because when I write, whether it be music or my books, I've always envisioned. I, I everything is, is I envision first, so that I see that happening. So we'll see what happens. Okay, we speak it into existence right now. Oh, absolutely, yeah. We speak life into it. Now, I wanted to get your opinion on one other thing. And this, you know, again, again, you talked about learning the business and how everything is a teachable moment. You know, and there's, yeah. there's lately there's been this thing about artist masters. Chris Brown brought his masters back. Rihanna brought her masters back. Um, in his last record deal with uh, Def Jam, LL Cool J made that part of the deal. He wanted his masters back. And then again, mm-hmm. in doing some research, I read that, you know, this big fire at Universal that was, you know, haphazardly set due to someone's negligence affected um, about uh, a half million artist songs. And in the list of those affected were, were Climax Masters, and I'm probably yours mm-hmm. and Max Nexus. Now, um, what is your 
I guess your uh, perspective of when this type of thing happens, I know a lot of these artists are suing them and then they, you know, they dropped off, you know, systematically from the lawsuit. But, you know, is there any recourse that an artist would have? Is this a lesson in owning a master's? And with that being lost, do you have to go back and recreate it so that you can get, you know, some more revenue? Do you have a, uh, an opinion on that one way or the other? Um. Well, you know, yeah, I, I recently found out um, that all of our masters were, were, were kind of burned. We didn't own them anyway, and going back and getting them, you know. One, th- one thing about owning your masters, it's a beautiful thing, but you ne- you've got to have somebody who works them. Because I always say that with people who, I own all of my publishing. But if you're just sitting there at home owning your publishing, it doesn't work. You have to allot a little bit of something for somebody to get out there and work that project so those things can be um, put into films and television shows and all those kind of things. Um, I, I don't really have an opinion on it. You know, I from this point on, the things that have happened in the past, you know, a lot of those companies, they put a lot of money into Climax to make them ha- happen. But so they're kind of entitled to those masters, I feel, because they, they put hundreds and they put at least a million, two or three, four million dollars into making this happen. And that was the deal that we signed. But going forward in life, definitely, I, I like to own my own stuff and be in control of my own destiny. Cool. There's a teachable moment right there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know, you know what? Look, I, I really don't have the answers to it. I used to know how to, okay, this is what you do to get in the music industry. And this is what you do. Nowadays, it's kind of like even the record companies, they're playing it by ear. Everybody's oh, yeah. kind of playing it by ear because it's all, but I think the main thing is to really understand and learn social media because that's what they're doing. The record companies are putting your music out because they have the best people in the world working with them in the social media arena. Yeah. So now yeah. you can go through CD Baby. CD Baby is, is a great distribution point, you know, to get your, your music out to a wider audience. I mean, they, they put your music on iTunes. They put it on Spotify. But you know what? So, um, mm-hmm. That's yeah. my dog snoring in the background. Oh, so. okay. oh my God. Oh, and I, that's really weird because CD Baby just shut down this store, which I found was, was I mean, I didn't, I, I don't know. I don't understand it because they had so much, um, and, you know, they had inventory. They had a lot of artists that, you know, were, were down with them. And for them to shut down the store, I didn't quite you know, understand that. But again, everything happens for a reason or not. But, but again, you know, I, I think the common thread in what you're saying is again, like take the time and do your homework. You know, don't, you know, the show can always go, but if you learn the business, you can survive. Yeah, they, they didn't shut down. They shut down, um, you know, CD baby had a comp- had different components right, and they the shut down part. their, their store part, but still those yes. artists. Music, yeah. So if, if they only did that to concentrate on only they 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 become the number one uh, distribution center. I just had a conversation with them about it. That's why I know they become this main distribution center. So they need to focus on distribution and not selling records. But there you right. you can still go to them and they and they can get your music out to all the other, um, you know, um, um, the other services that that play music. Yeah. Thank you. All right. No. Don't thank me. Thank you. All right. Tommy B, I know this has been a, a, a meeting in the ladies' room, and I don't want you to feel like we put you outside. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm just, I'm, no. Just, I'm just a sponge. I'm just anytime, checking it out. Go ahead. Tommy, anytime you want to call, you want to talk about the, the lyrics or the, the, you know, because 
I do write a lot for women because I am a woman and I understand the things that we go through. So we can have a whole conversation about a lot of different things. The wonderful, uh, the wonderful, the good and the bad. Good yeah, stuff. Good stuff. Well, I just want to again say, say thank you so much for, for taking the time. And, and, you know, we got to give you the, the G podcast applause. Oh, yeah. For, for taking the time on a, on a Sunday in, in, um, in Corona America right now. And, um, yeah. I, I just want to, you know, you stay safe. Your mother, uh, the dog snoring in the background, uh, <laughs> keep them, keep them all safe. That's the life. Yeah. No, that's that what I'm talking life. about. And, um, you know, in, in your bunker in LA, take care of yourself yeah. and, and thank you so much for being thank on you. the show. Shout out again to your, to Raina for, for, uh, for connecting us. I mean, we're, we're definitely, uh, glad that you connected with us. And, and the, the project is how to survive midlife crisis, midlife crisis, volume one, volume two and three yeah. are coming. The song generational. Y'all got to check it out. And and definitely, you know, in a lot of cases, we get caught up in the beat. But listen to the words. Listen to what she's saying. I mean, definitely. Yeah. And, and you know, our community suffers from a lot of generational issues. So um, I'm glad somebody's addressing that in song. So, uh, Miss Cooper, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much. Yeah. And thank you very much. You guys have a wonderful evening. You too. Thank Stay you, safe. Thank you, Ms. Cooper. Yeah. We'll talk Goodbye, soon. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. 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 Okay. Tanya B. Hey, uh, let's take a break and, and, um, we, we, we blew up our format, but, but for, for definitely, it was uh, worth worthy. It. And, and I do it again. I do it. I do it again. I'm just going to give headlines. <laughs> I'm not going to do stories. I'm going to give you headlines. And if you want to know any more about it, you got to come back next week. Yeah. Here's That's what we'll it. do. Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back. And again, thank you so much. Uh, Bernadette Cooper, uh, climax, uh, the single generational, uh, with Lorena Lungs. Um, we're going to have the link on our podcast page and definitely want to make sure that, uh, people go to her Facebook page and, and like subscribe and, uh, download it for free. I mean, that's, that's yeah. amazing that she's doing that, uh, for the folks, uh, because of the current situation we're in. And, and, I you know, I hope a lot of our other artists follow suit. And I know yeah, that's kind it, of what the industry's headed toward, you know, at least trying to. You know, but the thing connect. is, I think, you know, again, those words, you know, if it, I, I'm sure she'd be happy if it just touches one person and Agreed. just, again, makes people think, you know, yeah. or, or be more proactive and not reactive since, you know, she talks about midlife crisis. You know, this country's in a crisis right now. So mm-hmm. those words are actually very appropriate. So true. So true. All right. Let's take a break and we'll come right back after this. And I'm going to go fry some catfish for Bernadette Cooper. Do that. Right? Do that. Oh, yeah, we are back. Thank you so much for checking out the G podcast. I'm Tommy B along with the digital guru, Diva, Diva 2. Uh, oh, yeah. T- <laughs> Tanya B. And, uh, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's, um, you know, Tanya, what I do when I do the show typically is I'll have like, you know, the news in the background, man. And it's, it's just, I mean, it's surreal. I mean, it's, it's surreal. I was, I was checking out. 
there's a uh, a website, and and I'm not, you know, one of the things I, I tell people, I know a lot of folks, we don't want to coronavirus people because they, I mean, in terms of information overload, but uh, right. you know, it, it, you can't. I mean, that's it. I mean, for the week. Uh, we typically go through and kind of curate news, but the biggest thing, nothing, nothing uh, compares to what's going on. You know, I was looking through a list, right? Uh, there's a website. I see. It's called LiveScience.com. I think it, it lists all. No, this is this is from Vice. It lists all the celebrities that have um, contracted uh, COVID-19, you know, from Tom Hanks, Idris Elba. Uh, one of and the, his wife now. Yeah, he and his wife, because his wife is now yeah. uh, on that list. Um, yes. Olga Kurilenko from Quantum of Solace, uh, from the Bond movie. One of the actresses from Frozen 2, Rachel Matthews. You've got, of course, the basketball players that, you know, we, we talked about from the Utah Jazz, Kevin Durant, uh, Sean Payton from the New Orleans uh, Saints. His, his, uh, and the, who else? The coach. That's the one where the coach has it. And yep. then you've got the Celtics and the Nets, the Lake. I mean, you just say the NBA. The NBA. <laughs> just about. I mean, <laughs> probably cover the whole NBA. Rand Paul, senator from, you know. I hate to say this, but karma for him and the next <laughs> okay. one. You're going gonna, to. Was this your breaking news? Neighbor, wait. Wasn't he the one whose neighbor beat his ass? <laughs> yeah. Because out in the yard. Yeah. Uh, Rand Paul and, uh, did, was the breaking news Harvey Weinstein tested? Harvey Noballs got the virus, y'all. Yes. And Governor Cuomo, by the way, says that 40 to 80% of New Yorkers will get Corona. 40 Absolutely. to 80%. And, um, you know, but I'll have the, the link to livescience.com if, if y'all are into that and, and really, cause it gives you updates on the hour. Of what's going on. And one of the things it mentioned also was, um, that U.S. intelligence, um, basically had already revealed in January and February, there was a warning that went out to, uh, 45, uh, about, somebody, about coronavirus. Yeah. Go ahead. No, somebody said it was a hoax and it was fake news. Yeah. So there you go. I, I, I mean, you know, and, and, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to, I'll, I'll close with my comments. I mean, it's, it's kind of, um, it's a weird week. It's a weird show. We're doing a podcast in these times, man. It's just, um, it's just weird. And, and I'm not one of the ones that, that's kind of, um, uh, locked in, you know, what do you call it? Um, um, what, what do, what do they call it in place? Uh, are you, are you hunkered down in quarantine or self quarantine? No, nah, I'm not there every day now. Okay. <laughs> All right. For business reasons. And you just see it. I mean, the elderly folks are scared. Uh, the young people are kind of, um, you know, there's a lot of frivolity. And, um, you know, I, 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 I just, um, it's just a weird place. We're, we're in a weird place right now, but I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. And one thing I'll say, young, young people now, like those, those of y'all who I'm going to put you on front street that were down there portying in Miami and on spring break, acting like nothing happened. Mind mm. you, the mirror of Miami beach has Corona. Yeah. Um, they now are comprising um, a large percentage of, of the hospitalizations. It's wow. not older people who are the most vulnerable. It's these these damn kids that are coming back here and back home and acting, like you said, frivolous. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're reckless. (laughs) Go ahead. No, 
Well, they may not have a choice. Yeah. Um, and also, I, I was doing some reading, um, at least in Atlanta, in Hartsfield-Jackson Airport, they may be shutting down you know, those spas that they have in the airport. Wow. And they may be turning them into COVID testing facilities in airport, in the airport. I, I just, you know, one, one of the things that concerns me, and, and I'll, I'll just kind of put this out there, is I hope because, you know, there has to be. Um, and, and of course there are laws and, and rights, but you know, there, there could be such a thing as, you know, d- discrimination. I mean, even though it's a, it's a temporary thing, it's not a terminal, um, you know, disease or, or virus. Um, but you know, you don't want to be discriminated in terms of entry in certain places because of the possibility if you have a fever, you know, because it's just a bad time of the year. This is the time where, you know, allergy sufferers are just teeter tottering. You know, and, and, uh, yes. you know, you just, you know, hopefully they can get the, the true testing, get real results quickly. And, and, you know, so people can go about their way. So there's not a lot of fear and, and anxiety, you know, for every place you go into and somebody coughs or sneezes, you're like, Oh, damn, Corona. You know, you don't want to be Lou Rawls. You're all never <laughs> fine. <laughs> you are so wrong. Oh, I love well, Lou. As Cardi, and, and, hey, as Cardi B said, coronavirus. Yeah. And Lou, he was yeah. singing my favorite song, too. And I'm like, damn, he messing up. You'll never find. No. All right. What you got? You got some okay, I'll, tea. Some, I'll some, give you some headlines. Go ahead. One give me the headlines. Is, go um, ahead. You know, formerly disgraced uh, Florida gubernatorial candidate Andrew Gillum. Wow. He's threatening to sue the Florida newspaper that released those photos of him wow. in that hotel room. Wow. Um, and again, I say there may be a setup. And, and this is just my two cents. Look at one of the photos and one of them with him laying in his swill mm-hmm. um there you see a foot so it was like someone was standing over him and took that photo so again it could i said this a couple of weeks ago you know about the whole setup theory and you know he's now in rehab for alcohol addiction and um he's hired meek mill's attorney so he's serious wow well you know it's it's his career i mean he's he's basically you know with this whole situation on the defensive trying to keep his career and, and his opportunity in politics which what was his opportunity you did were you know if was it I can't say but well you know it wasn't to be vice president but um it, it was i guess uh consulting and then becoming a key uh member of the cabinet of Lord let Joe Biden win the election mm-hmm. um of of the in the Democratic Party, I'll just leave it at that. Okay. I don't want, I don't want nobody coming after me trying to put me in a hotel room. No, I so got anyway. you. I got you. What you got next? Um, and then um, I just wanted to say, um, you know, everything is shut down. Strip clubs in Atlanta are shut down. There's a couple that actually opened back get up it, and they got it. busted on the they got busted on the news get on it, Friday night. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Who got but, busted? You know, Who got busted? Magic um, City. One of the clubs was called no mat not mad not the ones you know. One was called. I was, it was a hole in the wall place, you know, like some place down there, down Fulton Industrial, <laughs> where all the truck drivers go. So Damn, that should that's tell about you something right Ten. <laughs> that's about okay. ten of them. Um, but if you're in Vegas, you know they have the drive-through strip club. Of course, you have to stay in your car and be six wow. feet away. You can't touch the girls. Did it, did it. But I just, it beats a blank. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I don't. There are some things happening. People need to understand, like these guys that have this freak dick. 
2020, which they're calling Freak World at the end of June. Yeah. That ain't happening. I really don't think BET is going to happen because California is on lockdown, nor do I think the Essence Festival is going to happen because Janet Jackson is not going to expose herself and that cute little baby of hers to no doggone Corona and she doesn't need the money. Wow. Okay. So, you know, in, in light of that, you know, there are a lot of these artists are taking a hit, you know, financially. So there are a lot of artists going to the Internet. You know, people that we know, John Legend, Erica Badu, they're not going to miss a meal. But let's support people like Kendrick, the family soul. Shout out to Kendrick, the family soul. Hey, yeah. Uh, artists like Jackie's boy. Uh, Atlanta has an amazing artist. Her name is Fulami from over in the West End, you know, and hip hop artists like Ike the Ruler. So, you know, they work hard for their money. So let's support them because that really is the only way that they're going to be able to, you know, get some coins to monetize by, you know, doing these, uh, uh, what do you call, you know, these uh, unplugged internet. Yeah. Virtual, virtual concerts. Basically that's what they are. Virtual concerts. And y'all, you know, y'all this show this week, I'll be honest with you. Um, because so many folks right now, are on the internet. They won't break the internet, but it slows it down. And in my neighborhood right now, because, you know, we all, we tape the show in different places and everybody's online and, and, and it, it, it's kind of typical sometimes on weekend, but it's atypical now because so many people are working from home and it just, and kids are doing schooling on the internet and people want to be entertained. And, you know, if you even if you don't have cable television, you're going to want to go, you know, on your iPad or your phone and get that Netflix free for 30 days. Go get the Hulu, you know, or the Showtime or whatever. So, you know, in, but over in Europe, they've slowed it down. Yep. Well, they, they I don't know. I, I mean, I, I wanted to call AT&T. I'm like, I'm messing with my Internet. <laughs> but anyway, you know, it, it's a little slow. Messing with my internet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but, you know, uh, and again, you know, but again, let's go back to a time when we didn't have the Internet. When we might have been, mm-hmm. you know, at home for a teacher strike. We might have been at home for the summer or a vacation or something unexpected happened. Yeah. And we had to find creative ways to pass the time and entertain ourselves. Yeah. This is unlike anything. In my lifetime, yeah. in our lifetime. I mean, we, some people might compare it to 9-11, but, um, you know, I, I've heard so many people say you can't. I mean, it, it eclipses 9-11. And, and a lot of yeah. folks, candidly, and I don't want to stay on this too long, they think that this will be 45's Trump, Trump's legacy, you know, um, kind of depending on how he handles it. Being the worst president. And, and he thought that he was going to make a strong comeback. And, yeah. you know, to turn something or had he listened and been proactive. Yeah. But at this point, you know, again, the damage really has not been totally done and I'm not going to give him any more air. One yeah. thing I, I want to say is shout out to my sister, Adrian, yeah. who's listening in Bethesda, Maryland. And <laughs> she sent me a text mm-hmm. and she said that you didn't play, um, meeting in the ladies room long enough. <laughs> I see. But you know <laughs> so, what? Hey, let me, let me, what's your sister's name? What's her name? Adrian. Okay. Adrian. You know why? Because the uh, SoundCloud will shut me down. <laughs> so you know, it's on a podcast. I'll just fire. I'll fire anyway, some catfish. No, She'll no, be okay. That's fire, yeah, fry some some catfish. She'll be all right. You got anything else yeah, on the tea side? I you know nothing. That really means anything. You know, Neo's on the internet trolling for um um thoughts again, which is what got him in trouble. He's got two baby mamas and four kids, and if he doesn't stop, he's going to make it five, and he wow. needs a hit record. Uh, the Migos are being uh, sued by a stylist because they pilfered a 
almost a hundred thousand dollars worth of clothes didn't pay for them didn't pay her fee mm. and uh, i don't know why they think they can do that i mean i know every stylist wants to come up but this didn't work and this is the third time they've been sued for not paying a stylist or taking uh the clothes so mm. it really is uh all together they got sued 2017 2018 now this is over a million dollars wow. wrong is wrong and it's not like they can't you know, look if you can get on if if they can get on instagram and roll blunts mm-hmm. mm. and whatnot they can you know and it, it was a small female owned business it's yeah. called luca lorena so they luca lorena they did you wrong don't be so thirsty but they need you know and then only attorneys get rich so they need to just pay luca lorena and anybody else you're gonna style for the migos mm. get a big deposit up front they mm. don't like paying their bills that's what i'm talking about don't be like i mean they, they turn them into trump don't <laughs> not pay any bills. Okay, don't take. But hey, well, here's the thing. I, I, I gave them some air. I'm Quavo, sorry. Go ahead. One of the one, uh, it, it wasn't cheap. It was like Louis Vuitton, Chanel, you know that that kind of stuff. And uh, I think it was uh, Quavo took the shirt, didn't pay for it, and then was photographed at a concert rocking this the shirt on stage. Damn. You can't say I don't have it. Yeah, so true, so true. What else you got? That's some good stuff. I mean, I know we were gonna keep it kind of. Yeah, we got, keep we, it on a Lolo this I week. Go, I got to go fry my catfish. Yeah, um, I know you got to go do that. Hey, you know what? I, I got a. Um, you got anything else? Because I got uh, definitely uh, just a couple of things, and and we'll wrap it. Um, and and again, I, I just want to say a big thanks to Miss um, Miss Cooper Bernadette Cooper of Climax and her new project. I'll make sure we have the link on the podcast page, but you know, you know, my, my brother from another mother hasn't been on the show uh, for a couple of weeks and, and he's dealing with some personal, well, some family issues. And, and I just want to, you know, I I don't want to, you know, put it on the podcast, but he, uh, I, I just, you know, the best way to say it is give our heartfelt (laughs) prayers during these yes. difficult times for my brother. And he is one of the nicest, one of the best brothers, guys, uh, just a good man. And, and I want to just say a message to, to, to Vi, to his family. Um, he will navigate through this and, and, um, you know, stormy seas. Uh, he's the kind of brother who will make it through. And, um, I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, Tanya B, I've shared with you and, and, uh, you know, it's it's just um, absolutely. It's a weird so circumstance as I tape the podcast, and and it, it was a, a big loss in his family. I know yeah. he always has something to say. He's like the quiet giant. He's yeah. a Mac in the back, which is usually me. But I yeah. will say this as well. You know, um, you have to go through to get through. And as I was once told by a former uh, employer of mine, mm. tough times don't last, but tough people do. Absolutely. You know, it's easy to say this too shall pass when you're in the midst of the storm, but. Mm. You know, you'll see the sun. I'm not telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, and and by the way, y'all, everybody knows, uh, check cdc.gov. And and I I do believe that they're in the best interest of the public, given the best tips. We don't want to put any misinformation out there. Just go to cdc.gov. Um, you know, and they also of, have a YouTube channel as well. Yes, they do. Update. You can get uh, notifications for updates, and the YouTube channel is is very up to date and current. And you know, if you if you're gonna believe something that's true, yeah, believe them. It's not a hoax. It's not fake news. As Cardi B said, coronavirus. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Real. And and you know what? I I will say this because I'm out just about every other day. Um, and I, you know, you you see a lot of good being done. 
And and you and I know because we do this show and we cover politics. It hadn't been that way. It's, no, but it needs to continue. And nine eleven, people were kind, then they stopped and went back to the normal normal routine of absolutely New York people. It is what it is, being rude and, and pushing. But you know, let's let's take a moment to be kind. You know, check on the elders in your neighborhood. If someone needs something now, a lot of the grocery stores and the the uh, retailers who are open have set aside. Um, you know, the opening hours for seniors and they do it early because that's when the, the shelves are freshly stocked and those people can get what they need. So if for some reason they can't get there for whatever reason, you know, take five minutes out of your day. You've mm-hmm. wasted a lot of time doing a lot more ratchet things, um, you know, and, and go to the store for them. Again, just check on them, yeah, you know, take time. them something to eat, take, make sure they have their medication. Even if you don't get toilet paper and food, these people need their medication, y'all. Yeah, so true. So true. Hey, y'all, make sure you go to castropolis.net. Everything you need is there. Uh, also get the MyTuner radio app. Um, you can listen to us live. Uh, you can also stream other podcasts. Uh, we stream 24-7. Big thanks to uh, our partners who keep the stream going, keep the lights on. We appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter at the G podcast one on IG at this is the G podcast. That's this is the G podcast. And Tanya B, I don't know if you knew last night I did my five hour DJ mix and um, I was on live, which I never do on the G podcast. The I, I did okay. the Corona when, when did get it? Saturday get night. It? Well, I, I don't know. I didn't record it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just this did it live. Is over, y'all. <laughs> I'll do it, but you know what I'll do? I'm going to do it if I'm if I am sequestered in my house. I'll do it again live next Saturday night. Starts at seven o'clock, and I do it, you know, right up till midnight. And I'm just live. I mean, I just been, you know, I used to, you know, it's old school now. If you don't like old school, don't turn in. I mean, it's I call it Dusty's night, Dusty's quarantine mix. And uh, come check it out. That's I stole that from Chicago because, you know, everything old in Chicago is dusty. It's dusty. It's yeah. dusty. And, uh, you know, you can, you know, just go to the G podcast. This is the G podcast on Instagram. Follow me and, and uh, you'll get a notification when I go live. And, and that's all I got, man. It's it's just been a weird week. And, and um, you know, my brother from another mother again, uh, just just um, the news just, uh, you know, just threw me off a bit. But Tanya B, I appreciate you um, doing the interview with Miss Cooper. Uh, again, huh, uh, really? <laughs> the pleasure was all mine. Yeah, yeah, but but uh, and and hopefully she'll come back for you know part two and part three. All right, that's all okay. I got to say. Hey, y'all! With that, um, ep- episode twenty-five is in the can. Tanya B, again, thank you so much, and we are out of here. Peace. Till next week. You've been listening to the G Podcast with your host, Tommy B. The G Podcast is a production of the Castropolis Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.